is all of it from WNYC. I'm Allison Stewart in our latest edition of Small Stakes, Big Opinions, where we open up the phones to get your take on not-so-serious topics that somehow seem to yield strong feelings. We are right at the hallmark of travel. While you can't count on flights offering meals or even assigned seats, most airlines do provide some form of entertainment, you know, somewhat popular films with respectable box office returns. But maybe you weren't completely sold on going to a theater, but hey, on a plane, why not? Our next guest, David Mack, is a writer and is also an Australian living in New York. He knows a little bit about occupying himself on a long flight, and he's figured out a formula for the right film to watch and wrote a piece in the recent Slate, um, recently for Slate. The piece is called What Makes a Perfect Plane Movie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Listeners, we want to get you in on this conversation too. What kind of movies do you like to watch on planes? What movie do you enjoy watching on a plane that you normally w- wouldn't? What's a movie you've discovered? While watching on a plane. 212-433-9692. 212-433-WNYC. You can mess us, message us on our socials at all of it. WNYC. Small stakes, big opinions. All right. How often do you fly? Uh, I fly a lot. Uh, I fly home to Australia maybe once a year, but you've got to remember from New York, that's about 24 hours door to door to me, <laughs> for me. Uh, so that's a lot of time on a mm-hmm. plane and it's added up to a lot of time. Uh, and so I, I do consider myself something of an expert in this field. <laughs> <laughs> How long does a flight need to be for you to commit to it? Like, commit to the movie. Commit to a movie? Well, I think anything around two hours is perfect flight time, right? Mm-hmm. That's a two-hour movie. It is a usually anything around anything longer than that, maybe it, that's a bit too much for one's attention. Mm-hmm. But uh, for a perfect flight movie, I think is under two hours. But of course, I'm looking at flights that are 10, 12 hours, uh, and so you're having to watch a few of these in a row for sure. Uh, yeah. Have Have you? How many do you think? is the most that you've ever watched. In one session? Uh, well, lately, the last trip I did, I, I really struggled to sleep on the way back. So I think I probably watched five or six movies in a row. How do you how do you keep your eyes from drying out? <laughs> uh, well, I, I would wish my eyes would close. I would love it if I fell asleep. But unfortunately, I've become worse at sleep on planes lately. Listeners, get in on the conversation. We want to hear from you. Your big opinions about a small stake. What kind of movies do you like on planes? What's a movie that you enjoy on a plane that you normally wouldn't have watched? Any movie you've discovered on a plane? Give us a call, 212-433-9692, 212-433-WNYC. You can call in, you can join us on the air, or you can text to us, or you can message us on our socials, all of it, WNYC. I see some calls coming in, so let's, let's get to your list. All right, the article was inspired in part by the success of the Sydney Sweeney vehicle, Anyone But You. All right. What is it about, and why did this spark you to write this piece? It's got a, a kind of an interesting box office history. It, this movie uh, was made for only $25 million, which is, is a lot of money, but mm-hmm. for a Hollywood film, isn't actually that much money. Uh, it did pretty poorly when it first came out over Christmas, but it's since grown and grown and grown and grown. It's just hit $190 million in bo- international box office sales. That's huge yeah. wow. for a movie of that size. And so it's obviously struck a nerve, but when I was reading this news about this movie, my first thought was, I can't wait to go see this at the cinemas. My first thought was, I can't wait to watch this on a plane to 
to me, <laughs> just the poster alone uh, of these two attractive people on a boat in Sydney mm. Harbour, where I'm from, I, I knew automatically what kind of movie this was, right? I knew I'd seen this movie before without even seeing it. <laughs> and I knew I was going to watch this on a plane one day. It just instantly hit me as a plane movie. So I got to thinking, right, what, what was it about this movie that just based on the trailer, based on the promotion for this movie, that I had sort of subconsciously associated this with a plane movie. All right. You said you've seen it before. What's <laughs> it about? Anyone okay. but you. So this movie, uh, I meant generically I had seen it before, but for the purposes of oh, this slate story, I had, I did have to see the movie, which felt a little weird watching a movie like this in the cinemas, I'll say. It felt uh, unnatural because it, I, I really just strongly felt that it was a plane movie. This is a remake or inspired by Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing, two attractive people at a destination wedding in Australia, sort of former mm-hmm. enemies pretending to be lovers to mm-hmm. sort of put off their sort of, uh, you know, their friends and family and, of course, feelings ensue. You know, you've you've seen this type of movie before, right? You know yes. how it's going to end without even watching it. And I just think, to me, that is the hallmark of a plain movie. Let's talk to Felix calling in from Durham, North Carolina. Hi, Felix. Hi, how are you? Doing great. What do you like to watch on movies or movie plays? Um, experiences? I, uh, I'm sorry, say that again? No, go ahead. Go ahead. You call. Oh, I just, I, this isn't about a specific movie per se, but um, I, I will say that when I'm on an airplane, I actually really enjoy watching movies on the airplane. Um, airplanes are sort of a liminal space where I can just detach from reality for however long the trip is, and I enjoy that. Um, but I have a propensity to cry during movies on airplanes in ways that I Aww. rarely experience when I'm on the ground. And I perhaps it has something to do with the cabin pressure or the oxygen level. But I moved in emotionally on airplanes in ways that movies with anything from even like silly romantic comedies to like Marvel movies, even <laughs> like, you know, not, not even to say things like I saw Beautiful Boy on the airplane and I just couldn't stop crying. And Aww. saw it on the ground later, and it was intense, but I did not quite have that level of visceral, tear-jerking emotion. Um, but I could be watching something really silly, like a romantic comedy, and, you know, there'll be like a moment where the two the two lovers are having, you know, they're, they're having to leave each other for a while, and I'll just start crying. <laughs> and I find it really interesting that that's the case. Felix, thank you so much for sharing your feelings. What do you think about that idea that you could cr- you cry more maybe on the plane? There's, you are not alone there, Felix. There's definitely been a lot uh, written about that before and a lot of people sharing similar ideas. I think certainly you know, the uh, air pressure may have something to do with it, but I think more than anything, it's the stress of air travel, right? It is you have gone through this... Uh, the stress of getting to the airport, yeah. the stress of security. Are you going to make your flight? And you've been stressed and tightly, tightly wound all day. And then all of a sudden you find yourself sort of unclenching, so to speak. And uh, you, you you find yourself more emotional perhaps than you you originally thought you will be. And that's, I think, why these movies, are the key ingredient of these movies is their predictability, as I said. Mm-hmm. We're drawn to these movies, at least what I think a good plane movie is, because it is predictable. It's comforting. I, I'm so stressed after the day that I've had at TSA or whatever, (laughs) I I want to know that, you know, at the end of the movie, the hot people are going to get together and kiss and the bad guys are going to be defeated. And (laughs) that's nice to me. One thing you have in your article you said that is 
set for a plane movie is that it should have an airport in it. And it's funny because somebody texted us up in the air. Yes. It's very much in airports. Yes, it's set in a bunch of planes. I think it, uh, yeah, ironically, these movies tend to have an airport or a plane scene in them. I think that's important for us to uh, establish a connection as viewers. Uh, I want to, uh, and there should be an element of travel as well, right? There should be something perhaps exotic about where the characters are going. It may be a hot destination or a cold destination, but it should feel like they're going on a trip and we're going on a trip too, even if our trip perhaps isn't as uh, fancy as theirs is going to be let's actually let's take mark because he's been holding for a little bit mark calling from the bronx hi mark hi um i have a simple technique uh, when i get on a plane and i look at all the films there's usually like a, more than a hundred you can't go through the, all of them i just look at the films that are made by a woman because i know my daughter's experience finding a podiatrist she found a person who she thought would be had to be a genius a black woman is her podiatrist so my advice is you can't go through all the films just look at the directors because at least it'll be a, a, a movie about something it's not going to be some crap about spacecraft and fantasy and blah 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 <laughs> mark thanks for calling in hey we want to hear from you listeners small stakes big opinions what kind of movies do you like to watch on the plane? Maybe it's a movie you discovered on a plane. 212-433-9692. 212-433-WNYC. My guest is David Mack. He wrote a piece for Slate called What Makes a Perfect Plane Movie? Okay, one of the films you highlight is Julia Roberts and George Clooney in the film Ticket to Paradise, which takes place at least partially on the plane, according to the trailer. Let's listen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think your things are in my seat. Oh, sorry. Oh, come on. You've got to be kidding me. Excuse me, ma'am. I need to sit somewhere else. We used to be married. Worst 19 years of my life. We were only married for five. I'm counting the recovery. In four days' time... Our daughter's going to marry a guy she just met in Bali, millions of miles from home. I just really want to kiss you. It's like I looked up for the first time and realized everything I ever wanted was right in front of me. She's throwing her career away. Just like her mother did. So I'm the only one who can stop her. She doesn't listen to him. Oh, champagne. Oh, two, please. Just leave the bottle. Thank you. I won't let her throw her life away. We need to trick her into dumping him. As much as this will pain us both, we have to call a truce to make this work. You have to be in lockstep. Hey! Did you make a pact to not murder each other until you murder me first? We are here for you, my love. Yes, we're in lockstep. Yes. Promise. No mean comments. Pretty sure you don't win anything for eating the whole pig. No arguing. Get up. Get up. No passive aggression. What about aggressive aggression? Try to keep the snoring down. I have a nasal strip. It's a mystery. You're still alone. Mom, Dad, this is G'day. Almost was the do G'day. You learned that to make me look bad. You don't need my help there. Our engineer... Um, Lived up to, she she honored up to that she watched us on a plane. <laughs> she did watch. <laughs> Why did Ticket to Paradise make your list? Uh, the tra- As you heard from that trailer, the, the trailer opens with them on a plane, right? Mm-hmm. It's telling us right from the get-go that this is movie associated with planes. It also, as I said, it, it hits that uh, exotic uh, element that I talked about, the exotic setting. It's set in Bali uh, for a lot of the movie. And also, I think crucially, it takes place over a short period of time. This mm. is a movie that takes place 
place mm-hmm. over a, a week. The same thing in uh, Anyone But You. It's a destination wedding. It's it's not a 30-year, 40-year epic story, a grand sort of piece of Russian literature. It's something <laughs> that is. it feels snappy, right? It, you can hear from the music in that trailer, right? This is a movie mm-hmm. that has a certain buzz, energy to it. It has uh, charismatic stars. It's got people that we know, that we've seen them before. We like them together. And uh, that's why I felt drawn to it. This is kind of interesting. So I went to Rotten Tomatoes to look it up. It has a 57 score on critics, but 87 <laughs> on viewers yes. and listeners. Someone even wrote, it's easy to pass Ticket to Paradise as a quintessential airplane watch. Something to put on to bide your time until you move on to bitter and beggar things. <laughs> They're not necessarily bad movies. They're not necessarily bad movies, but they're not necessarily good movies either. <laughs> like, to be clear, this movie isn't winning any awards. Anyone but you is not winning any awards. It's, you know, we're, we're these they fulfill a different kind of need for our society, mm-hmm. right? They're there as entertainment. There was a TV executive that I quote in the oh, story yeah. about who talked about how these films need to be um, sort of lean back movies as opposed to what he called lean in movies. They don't require our full attention. They just, there's something that you can have on in front of you while you perhaps got a glass of bad wine from the flight attendant and uh, you're sitting there <laughs> passing the time. It's, it's, a, it's a popcorn piece of entertainment for, for 35,000 feet. Let's talk to Kip calling in from Brooklyn. Hi, Kip. Hi. Um, I have kind of a, a weird one to add to this. Um, and I think that it's because the way that a plane feels to me is kind of like um, claustrophobic. And, um, and, you know, you, you hear that white noise, even if you have really great noise canceling headphones. And so I, I, um, watched the lighthouse for the first time on a plane and that movie is isolation and claustrophobia just kind of like really doubled down on me. And I found it kind of effective and almost, uh, dizzying. Thank you for calling in. Okay. This one's funny. I tend to enjoy blockbusters. Wait, wait, get the screen here. I tend to enjoy blockbusters and our silly movies I haven't seen in theaters. And someone else wrote, "I'm a big, tall black guy. I know it's petty, but my favorite movie on a plane moment when I was watching Twelve Years a Slave and realized that my seatmate was peeking and getting increasingly nervous. So I decided to get a little animated in my reactions to the film. It was hilarious. I do talk in the piece about how I think you have to be aware in a plane movie that what you're watching is probably going to be seen by whoever's next to you or sitting behind you. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't. Uh, typically, you would avoid something that has a lot of." sex in it perhaps or anything too scandalous because the last thing you want is to be sitting there nervously (laughs) clicking that fast forward button as uh, perhaps the people next to you are giving you uh, eyes that's for sure let's talk to Ken from Queens hi Ken hi Hi, first time caller oh great thank you for calling in I just wanted to say I usually do uh, documentaries on occasion I do the mindless thing just to zone out but one that sticks out in my mind was Pizza, A Love Story. Uh, I watched it on the way down to Aruba. My wife watched it on the way back, and we ended up making the trek up to New Haven to hit two of the three places. All right. Ken, thanks for calling in. Um, let's talk to Angelo on line three, calling in from New Jersey. Hi, Angelo. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me well? I hear, I hear you great. Okay, um, I just wanted to add that um, when people travel internationally, they should 
pay attention to the movies that, uh, you know, uh, where you, the country where you're going to. I went to the mm-hmm. Philippines recently and I haven't been there in a long time. And it was an, a 20-hour trip Ooh. with a stopover in, in Japan. So I watched so many Asian movies. Japanese, Chinese, Taiwanese, and it was just like movies I would never consider watching mm-hmm. or never heard of, but they were all so interesting. Angelo, great tip. Thank you so much for calling in. Here's another tip. This is from Joe, who wanted to pass along this fact. Watch Speed on the plane, but it didn't make much sense. I watched it again on land and realized there was a plane crash scene in the movie that was cut out. <laughs> Apparently, airplane crash scenes get cut out from airplane movies often. I, I don't blame them for cutting those scenes out of movies. They do tend to edit some things, the airlines, perhaps uh, gratuitous scenes or things like, you know, that might scare passengers. But I have to say, a lot of your callers are making me feel like a very bad person for gravitating towards trash when they're watching <laughs> documentaries or you know foreign cinema to better themselves and here I am <laughs> re-watching uh, you know Crazy Rich Asians for the 10th time or something like that. Listeners, call in. What do you watch when you are on planes? What do you, movies do you enjoy on a plane? What's a movie that you've watched on the plane that you thought, hey, this is really good. I wasn't wouldn't have watched it otherwise. 212-433-9692 212-433-WNYC You may call in and join Join us on air, or you can always text to us at that number as well. Social media is available as well. Someone did say that they really enjoy watching is when they first watch Coco. Okay. So there you go. Um, uh, also on your list, I uh, The Last Holiday featuring Queen Latifah. Why is this one fun? This is another uh, destination movie one. It's got a little bit of a love story to it. It's got uh, another uh, a key element that I think in these movies is it has some form of stunts or action. Uh, it doesn't need to be big sort of James Bond things blowing things up. But I want to see a little bit of spectacle. This has some funny scenes with her on skis going down some ski slopes. Mm-hmm. She's a great comic actress. It's charming. It has uh, an appreciation of food and uh, romance. And uh, I think it's a perfect Perfect, as I said, a short time span film. Mm-hmm. It's, it's set over a few days, and uh, we feel like we're going on a trip with her as well. Where does she go? She goes to a Czech ski resort. Oh, she... so it's not like it's an, um, like any ski resort. No, oh, no. So see, that's the romance. So part the, of it. The, the premise of the movie is she she gets wrongly diagnosed with a terminal disease, so she decides to blow all her money and go on this one last holiday. And of course, she she uh, has the time of her life. Yeah. Someone texted. I watched French movies on my way home from Paris to prolong my trip. A little bit. That's a nice idea. I like that too. (laughs) All right. Do you also have mentioned that, you mentioned this earlier, but I want to follow up on it. The idea of predictability. Why is predictability something that you want to see on an airplane movie? Well, I mean, we we hinted at this just before we we were talking about air crashes, right? I think you're (laughs) you're drawn to knowing that everything's going to be okay in the end. Uh, But I think, as as I said, it's this kind of... uh, I, I struggle to sleep the night before I get on an airplane. I'm so stressed. I'm worried about making the flight. I'm worried about the traffic to the airport. And uh, I think there's something I'm drawn to these pieces of entertainment mm-hmm. that make me feel uh, comforted, that make me feel nurtured and uh, not being too surprised by what's going to happen mm-hmm. and sort of big twist that's going to shake me. Uh, I, I can understand that I, there are certain movies that I look at the poster and I think I know exactly how you're going to end and I'm totally okay with going on this journey with you. Let's talk to Stephanie from Long Island. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for calling in. Hi, you're welcome. It's a great show. What do you like to watch? Well, okay, so I was traveling to Hong Kong and it was an overnight flight and everybody's sleeping and I can't sleep. And so I go 
and start watching Flight of the Concords, and I'm trying not to laugh my head off. So I would warn <laughs> <laughs> listeners, nothing too funny. <laughs> That's In particular, it was the scene where he's wearing that spandex thing and he was being David Bowie. <laughs> That's uh, a, a great uh, New Zealand show there for anyone who's not familiar. Very, very funny. There you go, Stephanie. Thanks so much. Is Charles available online too? Can we get Charles up? Hi, Charles. Allison, you always have wonderful guests. Oh, thank you. Can thank you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you great. I wanted to tell your guests that years ago when I was a young person, a young artist living in the Chelsea Hotel, I knew the famous Bright Whiteley painter from Australia. Oh, and he's I a great painter. Yeah, him and his wife and his daughter, Aki. And he invited me to, he was going to pay for everything to take me to Fiji. He was being set up by the president to paint. And I had to turn him down. But if I would have gone, my favorite film would have been The Day The, the, day the Earth Stood Still. And pick up on South Street. I like old films. Love it. Thank you so much for calling in. You mentioned that you wanted to talk about the film Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Which was, that was a bona fide hit. This was a big film and it was a big box office smash. And I think for a lot of reasons, it was well made. It was a big cultural event at the time because of uh, the first film to feature an all Asian mm-hmm. cast and, you know, blockbuster American film. But uh, when I was doing research into this story and hearing people talk about what their favorite things are to watch on a plane, this movie came up again and again and again. Oh, it is a movie that people love to rewatch on a plane. I think a lot of us saw this in the theaters and still rewatch it on planes because, as I said, it hits all those elements. We know how it's going to end. We're going to uh, to Singapore, I think, in the movie. Uh, it's set over a few days. Everybody's beautiful. They're wearing nice clothes. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and I just think that is a movie that is maybe be the definitive plane movie of the last 10 years and that I don't want to yeah plane movie I think I don't want to use that term uh, derogatively right mm-hmm. like this is not a uh, I'm not putting this movie down at all I think that these are important movies but it's this is a the definitive one and and congrats to crazy rich Asians then because people love rewatching this on planes Ellen from Westchester is calling in hi Ellen good afternoon so this is kind of offbeat um I was on a short flight to Florida, and I had the opportunity to watch the Barbie movie, which I otherwise never would have gone to see. I'd heard a lot of hoopla about it. I had no kids that wanted to go see it. And I have to say, had I not had the opportunity to see it on the plane, I would have missed out on what was actually a pretty good movie. Ellen, thanks so much for calling in. Let's talk to Shane from Trumbull, Connecticut. Hi, Shane. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to say I uh, I was going on a flight to Hawaii for my anniversary. Very happy, exciting. And then uh, I decided to watch the movie The Art of Racing in the Rain, um, which is a spectacular movie, but incredibly sad. And I was bawling like a baby, you know, in front of everybody <laughs> on the plane. That's okay. I'm not afraid to cry, but... You know, just get, maybe maybe watch the trailer first or, or have an idea of uh, what you're going to be watching. And uh, one other comment I made to the screener was I have a friend that's a, a flight attendant for Delta, and she said she can always tell what people are watching, you know, as she's walking down the aisle just from their facial expressions or, you know, if there's a bad movie in the queue. Oh, thanks so much for, for being vulnerable. Love that. Um, have watched Love Actually many times. Um Oh, wait. We're, okay. Last time I traveled, I watched Roberta, the documentary Roberta Flack. Great. By the way, my son sells movies to airlines. 
he says his bestsellers are, quote, geezer pleasers, <laughs> mature casts, and safe scripts. <laughs> Consider me a geezer please to them. <laughs> All right. For somebody who doesn't like the romance, we've been talking mostly sure. about romance. What would you suggest? I don't think it needs to be exclusively romance films. I think the Mission Impossible films are great plane uh. movies. I think the Bond movies are great plane movies. And these are all, they have some element of travel. There's there's a short mission time span. Uh, you, you sort of generally know that the good guys are going to win in the end. And you don't really need to pay full attention to them. They, they're great movies as well. Let's see. This one says, my wife doesn't appreciate Disney movies, animated films, so I watched them on the plane. I was sitting next to a tattooed goth-looking 20-something, was a little self-conscious when I started to watch, but eventually she started to watch it herself. (laughs) Contagion. It's spreading. There you go. (laughs) I like this one. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I watched it on a flight coming back from London when it was first released. As a Greek-American, I literally lost my mind. I was laughing out so loud. I'm so surprised they didn't divert the aircraft. (laughs) I can't wait to watch the latest one of those movies, which is actually set in Greece on my next flight. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, So not too too deep, not too heavy um, for you. No. For you. Um, what's the difference between a lean back and a lean in film for you? Yeah, I think that those the, the difference between there's too much plot, right? In a lean in film, you need to be paying a lot of attention. There's too many twists and turns. There might be a, a detail you might miss that might be, you know, the whole film hinges on this one movement. Where a lean back movement, you could probably doze off after you've had a glass of wine. Because that's the thing. You can, somebody actually wrote they went to a movie and that um, they fell asleep for 20 minutes, but it didn't really kind of matter because they, they woke up. You know, you haven't missed anything really. Let's uh, let's get a couple more calls in. Nicole from City Island in the Bronx. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Uh, you you always have such great topics. Um, my favorite thing to watch on planes actually are documentaries, mm. especially if I'm coming from Europe, because there are a lot of documentaries that just never make it to the US. Uh, my favorite one was when I was flying back from uh, a job in London, and I watched it was a documentary on Stanley Kubrick, the director, Ooh. and all of his boxes of research. Like there's a whole storage warehouse with all of this stuff it's fascinating it's called the Kubrick's boxes and it's not released in the u.s but um i also prefer for some reason watching movies over somebody else's shoulder <laughs> and not listening to it right because I mean, we kind of all do that but, but yes. like, if it's like i don't know mission impossible which has no interest in me and you sort of look at the row ahead of you or the rest yeah. and they're all watching or you, or you can stand up and you uh. see like 60% of you. It's kind of sort of like an Andy Warhol moment, which is kind of nice. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to cut you off. So, Nicole, thank you for calling. Call in again. We have about... Uh 20 seconds left. Anything you want to leave our listeners with? I would just say for a very, very long haul flight, consider watching one trashy series and just watching a bunch of episodes of it. It'll make the flight go in like no time at all. David Mack wrote the article, What Makes a Perfect Plane Movie? Thanks for joining us. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. I'll see you here tomorrow. 